How you doing, everybody? This is Chris Freen Bennett, executive producer of the Vancouver Film School. Welcome back to the VFS Storyteller Studio podcast. I've got a wicked awesome guest today. I got the one and only Mr. Lino DeSalvo. Hey! There he is. Uh, a little bit of a homecoming. Lino is one of our most uh, valuable and prized and beloved alumnus to come uh, back to Vancouver Film School. Lino is a really interesting guy. Lino's got a heck of a resume. We're gonna talk about this. He, he's an animator extraordinaire and he's worked on incredible films going way back to the Disney. Uh, I was about to say like way back, but for some people that's like way back. I was about to go Bolt, Meet the Robinsons. Um, Deep cuts. Some really incredible ones there. All the way up to, and you all know, Frozen of course. Um, and now uh, he has made that, that big, gigantic leap into the world of directing and producing. And his feature film coming out this uh, next weekend, I think December 6th. December 6th. Yeah. December 6th. Everybody's been waiting for this. The Playmobil movie. Uh, Playmobil, the movie. The movie. Which is so exciting. And we're going to have a, a sneak peek screening of it tomorrow uh, right here in Vancouver. Lino, welcome to the show. Dude, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for doing this. I, I know you've been really, really busy. You've been here all day with students, hanging out, doing a bunch of stuff. How'd it go today? It was great. Yeah. It's always a unique feeling being back. Because um, when you're a student and you're here, right, all you can think of is like one day, one day. If I can just animate at a studio one day, I just want this opportunity. Yeah. And then to be back like after 20 years, it's cool. Does it feel different? Um, I'm more jaded. <laughs> I, That's because you're a producer I'm a now. I'm a curmudgeon uh, animator. No, um, it feels wonderful. I love this city. When you were here, was it 20 years ago? Yeah, dude. You, you, you've got one hell of a class you graduated with. I mean, your, your achievements on your own, we'll get into those, are pretty dope. Um, and a tip of the hat, as we say, for, for a lot of this. You also graduated with a guy named Neil Blomkamp. He was in your year. Um, Eric Petey, Andrew Lawson. Eric Petey, Andrew Lawson. Um, of course, you, a guy named Neil Blomkamp, graduates from the film program. Yep. Um, did you think that when you were in that class, did you think that so many of you were going to be, um, were going to be really making a big mark on animation and visual effects, what you guys did? I think at that time, we were just, we just wanted jobs. Yeah. And it was so different back then. I mean, for all intents and purposes, studios were not sure that CG animation was a real thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought it was a fad. That's how far back this goes. <laughs> Toy Story was out. Bugs Life was out. Ants was out. Um, uh, Jumanji came out. And then I think on the visual effects side, oh, creature stuff is legit, right? Big time. Big time. But the, the CG feature aspect yeah i think a lot of studios were like well maybe but hand drawn is still the way you characters are animated and then then obviously we know what happened there's that great scene uh tell me if this is true i've heard this uh moana mm -hmm. there's that scene where where maui's tattoos are coming to life and they're telling the story of like his people and all mm -hmm. that stuff and that they're all doing the thing and there's that one particular one on his chest and the, the, the myth is that that was done in original classical animation style. That was the only part of that film that was the classic old style of animation versus I, the new. Is that, do you know if that's true? It is true. Um, that was hand-drawn. That's incredible. 
What, what's your take on that? Is there a resurgence of this? Is this co like classic to, to, the, to the modern 3D digital? As an artist, yeah. do you have a preference? Yeah. Dude, I think, um, uh, I think the stuff that Sony is doing, Yeah. I think there's a before Spider-Verse in the <sighs> right? timeline, in the time continuum. There's the um, before Spider-Verse, and then there's after Spider-Verse. Incredible movie. That movie is so groundbreaking in so many ways. Uh, I mean, geez, like the handcrafted nature of everything about it is ridiculous. When was the last time you had your hair blown back like Spider-Verse? But prior to that, so much stuff looks great. Dude, the animation and CG animation, the, the um, acting and subtext, Yeah, uh, it's just getting better and better, right? The, uh -huh. the acting and CG on CG characters, I would put it up against with the best actors in the world. Like, I think there should be a separate category in the Academy during the Oscars for best performance by a CG character. Well, and it's funny you say that. I think it was it was either Variety or Hollywood Reporter yesterday put out a story on that, like, "Hey, Oscars, heads up, you need a you need an award." Is that for, right? Yeah, literally. I'm not kidding. I just read it yesterday. You're right. You're bang on. And there's a lot of talk about that. Um, jumping around a bit, though, you're in 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 Playmobil the movie. You are a director, and now mm -hmm. you are directing performances mm -hmm. um, where, you know, 10 years ago you were, you were, you were drawing them and or bringing them to life digitally. Um, how did you find that transition when you've got to both direct an animated character and a voiceover actor? How does that, how does that work? Is it tricky? Um, uh, the main goal is to not screw it up. <laughs> that is the goal. Sure. And as an animator, it's so easy to be thinking like an animator. Yeah. Where you're thinking about the performance and frame by framing, draw overs, when, uh, you know, when you're, when you're conducting the whole orchestra, um, you gotta look at the, the big picture of it. Right. But dude, I love it. Um, you know, I would say that the thing ga that gave me the most, um, uh, the most amount of, I don't want to say confidence, but to be able to pursue this was my experience at Disney, um, and specifically Frozen, uh, that made me feel like you know I want to go out there and tell my own stories. I do. I love Disney's. A, Disney was my dream. Job. Let's go there because I I've seen a, a there's a famous picture that we have and it's always around here at Vancouver Film School. Whether it's your first day in, at, at, on orientation day or it's sometimes I've seen it even as a screensaver. It's it's Lino DeSalvo, a much less bearded Lino, <laughs> holding much less gray and white. <laughs> Rosalino Lino right. DeSalvo holding an Oscar. And there you are, Frozen takes best animated picture. Um, you're you're holding this this Oscar now. I'm going to come back to that. Back up, I guess, about ten years at Disney. What was the? How the hell did you get a dream job like that? Like, and did you ever guess that then you could flash forward what ten years later, eight years later? No, it was like fifteen years. Was it fifteen? To Frozen. Yeah. To Frozen, yeah. yeah. And that you'd be holding an Oscar in your hand for 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 something that you were so instrumental in creating. Um uh, dude, That's awesome. dude I, I just feel lucky. I feel like I I feel like I'm an I feel like I'm an 
uh, ability-wise, I'm an average ability animator. Um, There's no way that's true, but I, I love the humility. Uh, I mean, dude, when you're at Disney, oh, man. It's like an all-star team of talent. Yeah, what is that like? Dailies can be brutal because, obviously, you know, they want to achieve greatness there. And um, But it made me so, so much better of an artist. Uh, How'd you get that job? So I got the job by, I went to Vancouver Film School, yep. right? Came yep. here. And I was doing my portfolio. I thought I was going to go into 2D hand-drawn animation. Um, Toy Story happened. And I was like, I want to do that. Because I couldn't draw well. So I'm like, this is perfect. I don't have to think about drawing. I can just think about acting and the silhouette. Um, so I moved from New York to here to Vancouver. And with two weeks to go before everything had to be wrapped up, these two animators came to visit us. Um, and they were from Dream Quest Images that was owned by Disney. Yeah. They came in, they did a tour of this, the school. And I used it as an opportunity to, when they were visiting the lab, I looked around and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I'm never gonna get this opportunity again. So I hit play. My demo reel played for them. They stopped, they watched it. Stu Burris, who now is a really good friend of mine, gave me a critique on my reel. And I asked him, I begged him, um, dude, can I please send this to you? And he's like, ah, sure, sure, your work is good. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. I'm like, this guy's never going to do anything with my reel. Um, to make a long story short, he showed it to other people. And then I got called at uh, DreamQuest. Uh, and they hired me. That's amazing. It is amazing. Are you surprised that they did? Were you just, uh, or was this kind of like Disney or bust for you? Were you, no, were you no. that kind of guy? No, no, no. I, dude, th I, dude I, this is the only thing that I was good at. It's the only, like, I remember animating that flower sack. And literally, the feeling of, like, oh, my God, you gave that thing emotion. Holy, this thing is it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. It's like, I made people laugh. I, I'll never forget that. Like, people in class were looking at it. I did a funny little sticky thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to do this. And then it, you know, I, Especially when it dawns on you, there are people that get paid to play make-believe. That blew my mind. There are people that get paid good money to... The director has a vision, and this whole team of 500 people get together, and they draw and animate and pose and render and it and it goes in the movies and you can yeah, watch yeah, it yeah. with people and people laugh <laughs> i'm like how's that a job it's a job right? i know and dude i was in the pizzeria business my dad had pizzerias in long island in new york um so i went from uh being in front of 900 degree ovens, being yelled at by a hungry angry <laughs> new yorkers yes. yelling numbers at me um, to Disney. My food is late. Yeah. To um, going to Vancouver Film School. Um, how, do you, how did you find Canada by comparison to New York? Oh, my God. I found it to be like a, a vacation. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Vancouver's a busy city. Vancouver's not a busy city. No, no, no. Um, 
uh, but I, do I fell in love with the West Coast. I fell in love with Vancouver. Um, my dad warned me, um, you're not graduating without, you're not coming home if you don't have a job. I'm like, okay. Oh, All right, Dad, no pressure. What did it, when you told them that Disney hired you, what did you, your parents say? They must have gone nuts. Yeah, they were, they were proud. You know, like they moved here. For my parents, coming from Italy, it was an American dream. They left Sicily. They came to America in the mid-70s. They came here so I can be born in New York. Yeah. Um, and, you know, growing up, it was always like they knew I loved animated movies and my mom and were you like, as a kid, were you drawn, draw, no pun intended, yeah. to that? Was that a whole thing for you? Were you always, oh, totally. were you a movie buff? What were you like as a little kid? Is any of this a surprise Dude, my, to you? the first memory of my life, the very first thing I remember is being behind a toy box in my basement in Long Island and putting on a puppet show yeah. with Kermit and Fozzie Bear. And I remember that my parents had friends over. And the adults were laughing. And I remember being like, wow, this feels amazing. And it was just, I, I, I mean, dude, it's the first memory of my life. That is really profound if, and, and not surprising considering, you know, the movies you go on to work on from an animated perspective are some of the most celebrated ones of the modern Disney era. Um, before Frozen, you do, uh, you know, Meet the Robinsons, I think, is one of the most underrated Disney films. Yes. Yeah, I really do. Steve Anderson, the director of that movie, is such a wonderful It's person. amazing. I think uh, Bolt had so much to it that was so much fun. My little guy, my, Fox, my, my, my 12-year-old, he would have been like three or four at the time for Bolt. And that was an incredible, like, he wanted a dog because of Bolt. <laughs> that was a big movie for Huge. Disney, yeah. I still think they could do more with that IP. That's a great character. Yeah. Artistically, it was, a, it was an important, I think the big one for, from at least from my opinion, being an artist, a big one was Tangled. Tangled. Tangled was a big one. Because I, feel, I felt like we were looking for our, our identity. Um. And it feels like we were shying away from, you know, quote unquote fairy tales. Yeah, and that traditional. Yeah, and then. Yeah. And then, duh, we make a f modern take of a fairy tale with Tangled, and Disney's and Disney was back. They absolutely that was a resurgence for them, and I think uh, we talk a lot about storytelling on this podcast, and I think you must have a perspective. Certainly, Pixar and Disney have really mastered um, storytelling in the sense that very rarely do you see an animated feature out of either house not just an absolute success. Um, and that is both the animation and there's something about the storytelling. When, how much of that, I'm curious about the Playmobil and then I'm curious about when did storytelling become a critical part of the experience for you as an animator? When when does that word become relevant? Is it is it during school? Is it later? Where does that become important? Um, I think it was Tangled. Yeah. I started realizing, because they did some fresh, they were writing some fresh things on that film. Um, and I was like, oh, I like, I like the surprises and how the characters were designed and what the characters were saying. The Rapunzel was a really cool character. And um, 
I'm like, oh. So then I started buying books and reading, taking lectures, story lectures from anyone that was in L.A. Um, and then every time uh, uh, Pixar and Disney would share and share stories about the craft of filmmaking, yeah, go to all of those. Um, and when you come to realize the story is hard. <laughs> is it ever? Is that the most understated statement in the world? Story is hard. And I think the way Disney and Pixar work is they iterate like crazy. These things evolve, right? Like they become this living, breathing thing that at some point it tells you, the movie tells you what it needs to be. And, um, uh, and you know, and the, you know, dude, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a Disney story. I'm a sucker for the emotional of course. stuff. You've got um, you've got a really talented writer in Blaze Hemingway. Mm -hmm. um, Blaze is a neat guy. Um, he's got quite an interesting uh, CV as a writer and a producer. Uh, where did you meet Blaze? Who is your writer on on Playmobil? Correct. So Blaze Hemingway, yeah. Greg Erb, and Jason Ormelin. Mm -hmm. um, Blaze wrote the first draft. Yeah. And was always involved in the movie because he's such a smart guy. Yeah. But I met Blaze at Disney. Okay. Blaze was developing something at Disney, and I just thought he was such a smart guy. Great, great writer. When you see him, you thank him for the Jonas Brothers in 3D for me. That <laughs> <laughs> I think he oh, did. Sure. Yeah, you tell him. That's he's right. welcome on this podcast. You saw that on his IMDb. You tell him. You yeah, tell yeah, him yeah. he's welcome on this podcast. That's right. So he's at Disney. You meet him there. I meet him at, at there, and then I start bugging him like every day to teach me stuff. Yeah about story and about writing and his philosophy on characters. Um, and then uh, I was telling him, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going out in the wild, thinking about, you know, leaving Disney and just start pitching um, some ideas that I have. And he was very encouraging. And then I made the decision, left my dream job, crazy decision. Um, and he's been really supportive. Uh, he's working with me on this new project as well. Um, Is that Melody? No, it's it's called Battlesk. It's based, Battlesk. based off of Italian mythology. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah. And when's that coming out? I'm, de I'm in development right now for it. So, dude, basically, um, being an Italian-American, I grew up watching, and I'm Sicilian too. Sure. I grew up watching myself as a mobster on TV. Right. Italians were always portrayed as criminals, as mobsters, the guys in TV shows getting locked up in jail. Yeah. My cousin Vinny, right? Like Right, right, right. They're, they're always these they're always these people that like feel like unfinished and 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 growing up I'm like that's not that wasn't my life. No. Um so I want to show the world the other side. I want to show the world the, the magical, the fun, superstitious side of Italian mythology and folklore. Um, uh, when, you get, when you get to story like that and you're at that phase, um, whether you're working with, with you know, Blaze and some of your other writers, I've, re I've read a lot about um, guys like Pete Docter and Brad Bird and at that, at that Pixar process where a lot of notes, a lot of collab, like a lot of people step in and they... A lot of edits and thoughts and rewrites, and it sounds like sometimes you could own an idea in the beginning. It can it, it can evolve, and they sort of celebrate that. How do you? Um, although I would also find that odd. 
I like as someone who who would if I created something or my own IP, I think there's a part of that that might be precious to me. I don't know. I've never worked in that environment. Did you find that at Disney? And did you try to replicate that experience through this process with Playmobil? I did. Yeah. Well, the thing is, being an animator, I think I think animators make really good directors because we have we understand that process. Yeah. Right. You uh, animators get notes. Sure. Animators get a lot of notes. So it's just natural when you're directing a movie, you're going to get notes. And I think, um, I mean, dude, it's hard, right? You believe in something for so long and then you hear it's not working or it doesn't make sense. Um, but, dude, I'm a strong believer in that the room, I think you put the right people in a room, they can crack anything. You put the right smart story people in a room Anything can be cracked. That's a great. That's a great attitude as a creative, Lino. I, th- I really applaud you for that. I was reading that Blaze is working on. Um, uh, I saw somewhere that maybe he's doing the Settlers of Catan movie, mm-hmm. um, and we're at this. And, and we're at this new phase. It's not so new. A Battleship came out not long ago. Movies are being made with, about toys, right. and Playmobil is certainly an iconic toy um, that we all grew up with, or many of us played with uh lego he-man gi joe all that stuff i see kevin smith now um show running the animated return of of he-man on netflix um did you play with playmobil and were you did, that's that's uh, that's surprising and not surprising that you would you would do your your first feature around a toy that we all loved is that how did that come about why'd you so, pick that so i knew playmobil from going to italy because ah. in the states it wasn't when I was growing up, it wasn't super popular. I, I don't, re- I don't remember it well. But in Italy, um, I went back every summer, and it was what my cousins had. Right. And you know, we create stories, and it was big. It was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I played with it, and it was yeah. McDonald's would do treat of the week with Playmobil. Swear to God, yeah. it's a, it's a very iconic type toy, and I think Lego, Lego movie, which I thought was brilliant. And so many people loved. I think it proved to us that okay, we're we're we can that thing you do where you play and you make believe, like you're saying yeah, when you're yeah. a kid, you can do that in a film now. Did you feel restricted because of the brand? Um, you know, there's it has to be a certain way with right. Playmobil. It's got to fit the toy. Did you feel restricted by that, or or I think did that re- make it easier? I think restrictions good. Yeah. Yeah, I think limitations make things uh, more enjoyable. Because it's inherently funny. Yeah. Right? Like limitation. I think if you take off all constraints, um, the void the void of any constraint, man, I don't even know where you would begin. But knowing that they move a certain way, um, they're a storytelling toy. Like the very first thing I had to do was, how is this not Lego? Yeah, right. right. Like coming onto the project, I had a take of Playmobil and... The genius behind the guys that made Lego Movie was their whole narrative is about following, yeah. Follow right. It's a construction toy, following instructions, right. And that that's genius. And those guys, Phil and Chris, man, like I'm like the biggest fan. Everything they make is amazing. Um, so I had to I had to do the research. Back back to notes for a minute. Um, you know, you're saying that that it's painful. Um. I mean, we're hearing right now in the halls the the passion that's obviously going into creative work. Um, did you find 
did you did you know early on that 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 notes in particular with animation could be devastating to hours if not days or weeks of work did you i hear all the time oh, you know colin giles our head of faculty talks about there is a maddening frustration that you just have to be ready to accept in this business yeah you just have to you have to accept when you get hired at a studio you're hired to animate like you're hired to do what's been given to you by the supervisor or the director yeah and if that means redoing it eight times, welcome to the job. There's, it's brutal. Dude, it's so rare that the supervisor or director wasn't right. Wasn't what, right. What, what, wasn't, yeah, like, they're, 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 like always, the the day, they're, they're always, always right. Yeah, and then you would go, you, you became one of those guys. I mean, you then go on and now, you're, you are the lead animator on some major stuff. You're doing it to them. And I guess, did you feel that that, I guess I'm right here, and you got to trust me on that. That comes from the experience. Well, the thing is, I try to always talk about not necessarily the the end result, but what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then, because I think things are always much better when you're able to put your stamp on it. Yeah. To put your flavor, and I think that's the idea of I think of good directors is is just getting that thing that's in your head out for everyone to understand what the hell you're trying to do. Sure. And then you hire people for a reason. Um, when you're working with your actors, uh, I, I love that you're in this world of directing now, too, because I think a lot of people might not necessarily make the correlation to animator and director. And I think you just nailed it. It's probably one of the most uh, natural things when you're when you're in a world of notes and so much of that critique and back and forth. Um, you've got an amazing cast in Playmobil. You're, this little kid, Gabriel Bateman, this he's, kid's going to be hot. Oh, dude, he is awesome. What's he did Child's Play, right? He's, this kid's going to be big. He's legit. Yeah, yeah, he's done a bunch of cool stuff. You got Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, he's so awesome. Who I, who I think, if anyone has astounded me in how they broke out of the typecasting you would expect from Harry Potter, he has just been electric and so many other things, and I really... I really bravo to that kid. He's a, not a kid anymore. Um, you've got an uh, you've got an amazing cast around all these people. What's it like for you directing voice characters? We've had lots of voice actors on the show. <clears throat> do you bring them in to do the performance as an ensemble? Do you direct um, each part? Uh, talk to me about that yeah. process and what's that like. Um, Did you enjoy so it? I, so I write bios, character bios for all the characters. Yeah. And they get, they get sent to the actors, so they know who the hell the character is. Then obviously they watch the movie, they watch the animatic, the sequences that they're in. Um, but dude, that's the fun part, working with, um, like Jim Gaffigan, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, right there, um, Adam Lambert right? kills it as right? the villain. Dude, his song in the movie is phenomenal. He's like one of my favorite villains in in in, in an animated movie. Um, but I usually read opposite of them, so I can give them the context of the scene, yeah, where we're at, you know, paint the picture for them as best I can, so that when they're um, reading the dialogue, they have context for what the heck is happening. How do you think you did? I think the acting is great. Yeah, and not because of me, because they're great actors. Sure, sure. Um, uh, but but this, I mean, by the time you've got to Frozen, 
you must at least know I've I've figured out a, a little bit along the way how to how to be a half decent animator. Um, were you uh, did you go in you know trepidatiously? Were you were you all in as the director? How was your confidence? Um, my confidence is good. Was fine. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think when you believe in the story, yeah, um, and the actors know you believe in the story, I think there's that's fifty percent of the battle. And I prom. I mean. Dude, there's 20 minutes of live action in Playmobil, and I've never set foot on a live action set. So <laughs> surprise, everybody. So the very first day of shooting, I told everyone, I have never done this before. I am not going to fake it. If I don't know something, I am going to ask you for help. And Oh, wow. And that was great. I think everyone on set was like, oh, geez, here we go. This guy is going to start acting like... And good for you. Good for you. And, but the thing is, is that what I told him is um, no one knows these characters like me. So I can be really useful for that. Sure. I, Andre Turpin was a wonderful director of photography. I had an awesome first AD. Um, but like, dude, I was thrown in the deep end. And uh, uh, that's a, that's a really cool uh, I love the way you approach that. I don't think I could do that. I think my, my natural instinct is probably to fake it uh, at 100%. And I think you must have won over. I mean, you light up when you talk about this movie and the directing part. It's clear to me you were having the time of your life. Um, and I, I think that the, the, the response so far um, from people who have seen some early stuff is like, you're just going to have so much fun in this movie. Did you think you could you go back to animation or are you are you now have you been bit by directing and are you are you long too far gone now? Oh man, I have too many stories I want to tell. Yeah, right. Um, I like to animate some shots in my movies, but I feel like this is my journey now is yeah. learning the craft of story, learning how to direct. I just think smart people can sense when you're faking it. I think smart Artists know when you're bullshitting them, so I try not to bullshit anybody. Um, if I don't know, I'm the first person in the room to be like, "Time out, guys! I don't, I don't understand what the hell we're talking about." Um, and then, you know, hopefully, when I believe in, I can help champion um, ideas. It's uh, it, dude, it's very satisfying. Are you are you are you seeing who who were the directors that you? When you, what was your strategy going into this? Was there any directors you were trying to emulate or that you talked to that were you were inspired by? Or did you kind of just go in with this, I'm going to do what I think my instincts are and I'm going to tell you along the way where I'm, 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 my footing is unsure and I don't know? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I feel like I was... It, I think it's one thing to be a first-time director in the studio system mm -hmm. where you've got 20 safety nets... I mean, when you're under, when you're in a studio under one roof, there's 15 other amazing directors. Yeah, right. There's 10 heads of story. There are, there's probably half a dozen amazing art uh, writers. And then here, hey, everybody, I'm by myself. <laughs> um, so a little bit of it is like, you just have to fit. I can't do the exact thing I learned at Disney because I don't have that budget. I don't have those people. So, you know, what you end up doing is you end up asking for favors. Can you look at this? Can you give me a critique? Um, uh, but Chris Buck, you know, director director of Frozen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
um, uh, who co-directed with Jen Lee, um, uh, Chris and Jen have this, um, they, have the, they have this honesty about them. And I think the crew, um, the crew's better for it. Like, Chris, Chris gave me a lot of responsibility on Frozen, um, as Jen did. And I think because they, they trust and instilled us with so much um, responsibility in everyone's department, making Frozen, everyone rises to the occasion. So I'm trying, I'm, I try to do the same thing. Yeah. Where, like, if I can give you um, uh, a real character with a real want, something that you're rooting for them to do with, you know, a simple plot and complex characters, all that good stuff. Um, and I can lean heavily on people helping me artistically. Cause I think a director really needs to keep their eyes on the broad strokes of the filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm a work in progress. Like, dude, if I was of learning what I learned on Playmobil, I am chomping at the bit to take what I learned in that movie and apply it to my next one. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Uh-oh. Okay. Close your eyes. Close my eyes? All right, okay. here we go. I want you to listen, okay? I want your reaction. Eyes closed. When you hear it, I see my daughter wearing an Elsa dress singing this song every day. <laughs> right? That's what I see. So, dude, this is... It's its iconic to the degree that you, like, I, in a mall, you can hear every little girl, and boys, every like, yeah. everyone knows it. What's it like to be a part of something oh, that dude. big? So, dude, I shit you not. Um, dude, I've been animating for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um... And you can ask any Disney animator that worked on the sequence. When we watch this sequence as a whole, um, for the first time with animation, there wasn't a dry eye in dailies. <laughs> That's incredible. Dude, everybody knew it. Uh, so even in dailies, you knew this is going to be... When we were working... Because in dailies, oh, you, don't, cool. you don't work on it in continuity. No, no. So in dailies, you're seeing the shot before, the shot after. So while we're designing the sequence, we always knew it was amazing in storyboards. Um, so we're working on dailies. We're seeing it, you know, fragmented out of continuity. And then we go into the theater and watch the whole thing cut together. And I'm like, this... Oh my God, this is magic. Oh, for like, sure. It's, it's, it's like, it felt like this magical thing that as a kid growing up, like, oh, I'm going to be an animator. I'm going to work on this musical moment. And like, it was like, it was surreal. And it's like, it's, it was lightning. It's lightning in a bottle. And now. And you knew it then. Yeah? You felt that confident. Dude, all Frozen of you? 2 looks amazing. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. like, talk about filling big shoes. Frozen 2. It goes so the Oscar goes to Frozen in that moment when they announced it. What did that feel like for you? That was did dude. You, the studio. Where were you when it the happened? The studio. So we were at um, 
think we were at an Oscar party, like all the Disney animators. Incredible. Dude, Disney really deserved, Disney needed at that moment too. Yeah. Like, you know, we've had some ups and downs, like yep. all studios. Of course. You're allowed. You're entitled. Yeah. And then, um, dude, let's make one thing clear. There would have been no Frozen if it wasn't for Tangled. I agree. I, I agree. Dude, that is, and that, that is a fact. Yeah. Tangled happened. It was like... You've gotten more mojo from it. The momentum is huge. We're good at this, right? Yeah, yeah. Disney, you were back. You were back. Shocking. Disney's yep. really good at fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then Frozen happened. Did you? But did you guys think you would get it? No. Uh, uh, it was favored, but, you know, you're up so against... Hard, it's hard to say because I'm in love with everything... I, 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 you know, I'm in love with like the work that we did at Disney. And so, and that didn't take away from, you know, I talk to a lot of artists and when they're part of something really big, some, some of them will say to me, it was so much the labor and the work behind it. By the end of it, you know, half of them didn't even watch it or go back and see themselves or whatever in the project. Um, and they were sort of numb to it. But did you always feel that oh, was yeah. special all the way through? It didn't feel... Do I love that movie. Oh, that's so great to hear. Yeah. That's so great to hear. It's, I'm not surprised, but... Yeah. Um, I think my animation-wise, probably the, the my favorite character I ever animated is Flynn in Tangled. But um, the job that that the Disney team did on Frozen... I mean, dude, we brought in... Um, an acting coach. We went over That's every incredible. single page of the draft. We, um, uh, dude, we knew those characters so well. They were like friends. Every animator knew exactly what Anna would do when she was nervous, what Kristoff would do when he was nervous, what they would do when they were happy, what they would do when they were sad. Like every animator can read the other animator's mind. So I think when you watch the movie, I think it's very easy to watch because the acting is so smart. Um, uh, but dude, it's, dude, I have all the opportunity that I have today, setting up different films, pitching, being able to develop my own ideas, it's all because of, you know, Disney. And so I am very grateful. Oh, I know you are. And yet here you are in this major, major uh, fork in your career, this decision time to leave, you, you know, to brave it on your own, to go do your own thing, tell these other stories outside of your dream job from Disney. Was uh, What was that process like? What, how long did it take you to make that really big decision? To leave Disney? Yeah. Oh, man. I remember talking about it with my wife for a while. Um, and my wife is the... My son was just born. So what a time to leave a steady job. <laughs> um, my wife was like, just go for it. You're going to hate yourself if you never do this. And I never thought of myself as someone that would spend a career in one studio. That Listen... That works for a lot of people, yeah. and I think that's wonderful. It's a wonderful life. It's a great life. Sure. Living in Burbank and having a family, and Disney's an amazing uh, company. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm the son of an immigrant entrepreneur. You're who, an East Coast guy, man. I want to I tell my stories. Uh, um, you know, there's a lot of risk, I know, and um, when you're an independent director, right, you're finding your own jobs and um but man i love it 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. Let's talk about critics. Let's dun dun dun. The um, when I take, if I take all. You see of, me shuffling in my seat. Yeah. When, <sighs> when I talk, when I look at all your, um, when I take all your your work at Disney, um, and I don't include Chicken Little, your Rotten Tomato score average is. 85%. It's good. You're batting amazing on Rotten Tomatoes, Lino. Um, if I add Chicken Little in, you drop by 10 points on, on Rotten Tomatoes. First of all, what happened with Chicken Little? And do you, do Dude, you Chicken sh- Little's good. I think it's good, too. Why did so many people not react as favorably? Because who gives a shit? Fair answer. Who, who, do you yeah. ever read the critical reviews? Is that, some, like, is that in your practice, yeah. or do you ignore it? Good uh, or bad? Um... I'd, I'd be lying if I said <laughs> I didn't in the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, but what matters to me is people that see the movie and are going in yeah. open-minded. and. Uh, but, dude. Isn't box office success yeah, a critic? Of, cor- of course. Isn't it more important? Like, I, my, my view of it is I don't know why we have film critics anymore. I get it. I, I imagine a world where they Dude, don't exist at to, all, and I'm, if I, I'm if, fine with that. If if I use film critics to dictate what I would see and wouldn't see, yeah, think of the fifty percent of the movies I love I wouldn't have seen, yeah, because they they weren't well received. Um, listen, there are smart critics out there for hundred percent that are critical, and they're really. Um, well-versed in filmmaking, uh, um, dude. But it's either it's, directing, it's good or it's bad. It's a good story or yeah, it's not a good story. Does dude, it need... Chicken Little was such an important movie. It was our... Dude, it was legitimately the, the studio's first all-animated CG movie. Yeah. I was surprised when I went back and looked at it. To me, it was just another hit. I, I, I'm, I'm a parent, and I just don't think there was anything coming out of House of Mouse that we weren't in love with. Dinosaur... Right. Was CG, but it had live action plates. That's right. That's right. But Chicken Little was the first all CG animated movie. Oh, man, I had a blast on that film. Is there, when you, when you think, though, back to the storytelling on Chicken Little, you know, so much of the fairy tale narrative, the, you know, the, of those seven plot lines, right? You've got a lot of uh, David versus Goliath kind of thing or overcoming adversity. Mm-hmm. But Chicken Little is a little bit of, um, in, in many ways, it's almost a fable. It's almost uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like a, 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 a one half of a limerick, um, and do you think it because of the idea of the sky is falling being the principal narrative? Maybe it just from a storytelling perspective fell flat with people. Am I overthinking it? Uh, there, I go back and I read them because I wanted to see what your early stuff was getting, and man, people were really it did fine in the box office, it yeah. did amazing. Yeah. But the critical reviews were like, whoa, man, you guys are really yeah. tearing into this movie. I don't even remember. Yeah, they weren't, and I wouldn't have noticed them either, and that's what makes me kind of wonder, like, doesn't box office success just tell you enough? If people are going to see it, they're going to tell other people you're going to love it. Go see it. It's so, dude, we live in such, um, oh, man. Dude, if you're a content creator and you have a story to tell and it's something you're passionate about, with all the streaming on demand distributors out there, tell your story, man. And if you believe in it and you're being honest about what you're crafting, it's going to find a home. Do, do, you, do, you, do you 
Are you excited about the future of animation right now? Does Hell, the, oh, does, yeah. I'm assuming the streaming boom must be so great for storytellers like you and animators. Oh, and man. What a time, right? What uh, a time. Again, like to go full circle the way we started the conversation off, there's, to me, there's everything up until Spider-Verse. Yeah. And then there's Spider-Verse. Like, holy shit, that looks amazing. It's incredible. And <clears throat> so... The film that I'm developing now, I'm mixing mediums. I've got CG characters with hand-drawn clothes. And this is Basilisk. Ba uh, which is an Italian, yep. it's a creature in Italian mythology. Um, I, dude, I can't, I can't help but ever since I saw Spider-Verse, I'm like, how want more people getting, getting bolder with their choices? Because, dude, CG is starting to look like everything is looking alike. Everything is looking really similar. Um, I can't wait to see the second Spider-Verse. Oh, I'm uh, so psyched. For, uh, your enthusiasm for it just gets me. I want to go home and watch it. I forget. I'm like, oh, it's so it's good. It's so good. What, what, do you think the Oscars are getting right? Are we, or, you know, I, I would, first of all, when um, uh, Kobe's uh, uh, short animated piece um, about basketball um, thank you, basketball. Oh, directed by Glenn. Yeah, by Glenn Key. Um, that that illuminated a lot of people to, I guess you call it what indie animating, uh, indie animation. It was a smaller yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. They weren't one of the big ones. Right. Are the are the are the awards still relevant? Are they getting them right? Are we as someone who cares about animation? Are we missing? Yeah. Uh, stuff oh, that's out sure. there is it are, are we always just defaulting? Like the Golden Globes was identical for the last three years for for best animated nominations, as the Academy. It, are we? Are they missing it, or are they getting it right? I don't know. I, I don't know about awards. There's so much going on I out there, though, know. that I feel is not getting it. I look through Netflix, right? I go through all the stuff that I'm going. Jesus, look at all this Who's awesome stuff. Who's voting on what and how? Yeah, and right. When and how much advertising certain companies have behind certain projects that have no. And dude, at the end of the day, it's silly to say that one movie. It wins an award compared to another one when right. you enjoyed the other one just as much. Yeah, I, dude, I don't know. I don't know either, man. I wonder. I'm there. I know they're they're trying to refine their footing. Ratings are slipping, and I think I think what you're seeing now is the mass audience is kind of pushing back. They're saying, "We don't care about your critical reviews. We don't care about your award nominations. We don't um, serve us up." Some good stuff, and we'll tell you thumbs up or down. We like it, yeah. and and you're seeing this more uh, crowdsourced thing now, which I think is good. I think I think great stories are coming out of that, dude. It's just a matter of time before we're gonna have an animated feature that's a horror. Absolutely, right? yeah. It's, that's just a matter of time, especially if one of the streaming on demand services, right? Because now it doesn't have to be a general audience movie; it can be a little bit more niche. So. These horror movies, um, uh, genre movies, uh, damn, man, if you got a story to tell, you should be pitching that to distributors right now. What's your, what's your, what's your message to the graduating class of 2019 at Vancouver Film School of Animation, which just got voted for the second year in a row? Number one animation and visual effects school in the world. Wow. Which we're so proud of. And the kids of. are all coming here because I went here. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. What is your <laughs> What is your message to them, Lino? What, Dude, what would you I, say to them as they're about to start as, a career? As long as you are being honest 
and truthful with the content that you're making, you're going to be okay. You are going to be good. Just don't fake it. And don't do something because, you know, I keep hearing critiques and, and reviews of people saying like, oh, like I'll see something really cool that's drawn in, in, in an anime style. Yeah. It's really expressive and it's just wonderful. And then you'll see comments of people being like, oh, anime, blah, blah, blah. Dude, if you love anime, do do that because it, this is a hard this is too hard to fake. The the totally. being an animator is just too hard. So you like I love I'm a Disney guy. I love that's how I grew up. I and I love Disney because of um the emotional expression. I love those movies because of the emotional arc those characters go through. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that wasn't in how I think about everything. So you should take what you love and then, you know, put your magic on it. Uh, Lino, you're an incredible, I, I really mean this, you you inspire everybody oh, here. Thanks, and um, you are, you have, the the work that you have done in your career is such a part of my my children's, media consumption over the last decade but from my three-year-old to my 12-year-old um i, really, I want to thank you as a parent my wife and i just love everything you've ever oh, done that's, that's my nice. nieces love your stuff or my nephews love your stuff um you have inspired a, a whole generation after you graduated to keep an animation and now you have just probably in this interview and everyone you've done as people ask about this directorial debut of, of playmobil the movie inspired all those other people to to evolve and grow as creatives and storytellers i really hope you'll come back again Let's uh, do it when your new one comes out um we're so excited to screen uh playmobil tomorrow will you come back to the show another time let's do it that would be killer um talking to lino de salvo uh writer director producer animator father italian american living in montreal uh food lover food lover thanks for coming on the show man you are an extraordinary guy thanks, and uh, thanks for i'll look me, forward buddy. to having you again